Imagine, you just got home from work, dinner is ready, wine is chilled, and your man has offered you 15 minutes of heaven in the form of a foot massage. And then he says, Your spray tanning session is now complete. What just happened? You found your escape at Palm Beach Tan. Break from the chaos at a Palm Beach Tan near you and leave rejuvenated. Take time for yourself at Palm Beach Tan and take that feeling with you wherever you go. Get up to $25 off your first month featuring Australian gold. Perfect man, not included. Mom, I got the job in Manhattan. Do you have a warm enough winter coat? What about your car? I'm selling it with Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer. How? I enter my license plate number, miles, condition, upload photos, and boom, an official cash offer from a local dealership. A cash offer instantly? Oh, did you call Aunt Stella? She's right there in Massachusetts. Mom, I literally just got the job. Not everything is as simple as selling your car with Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash Offer. Price it, fix it, trade it, sell it, kbb.com it. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. Side stories. Yeah, your That's when the cannibalism started. Side, Side stories. stories. <laughs> yes. It's very rarely in this show that I feel the need Uh-oh. to like reach out and say, hey, guys, leave Sid Haig alone. <laughs> he's not sick. Sid, I, he's, Sid is doing great. I've been watching him. This is very inside baseball All right, for both you, horror oh. drama. It's both horror drama and uh. just horror insider news in general. It, but Sid Haig a classic character actor. He For, is in The Devil's Rejects. Yes. He's our fucking wonderful Captain Spaulding. Like Captain Spaulding, the greatest clown, evil clown since Gacy. The only one. As far as I'm concerned, of all of them, he's it's the only goddamn one. Right. right? Sid Egg. I, Sid Egg. But the problem is, is that he's lost a lot of weight. Yes. Right? And I, I, too, and I think even on this show, we've expressed concern for Sid Haig. Uh-huh. I believe that we have. I think we but have. But he has, in a, I'm going to only say, I'm going to say an online tirade has <laughs> been trying to convince people that he is not sick. As, as a matter of fact, <laughs> right. he just lost too much weight because he's starting to fuck with his money. Because people are not booking him and, oh. and people are making shit up about him saying that he's no. too sick to perform. Isn't that he's weird? Not, isn't that strange? At some point, you get to an age where if you lose weight, people are like, oh, he must be unhealthy. But like, if we lost weight now, they'd be like, that's peak health. At Look least at they're him. taking care of themselves. But Sid, all he is doing is just taking care of himself because the doctor told him to drop a couple of LBs. I definitely had to cool it on the losing weight at some point, but that was just because I was fucking running out of control with myself because you get fucking addicted to looking in the mirror for something. It's all weird. I I had a, well, I will confess, I had a slight eating disorder, like slight, slight. Like I didn't realize that that's what it was. I explained to Natalie well, what I was doing, and she's like, that's an eating disorder. And oh, I was yeah, just like, well. oh, well, you know. Well, Come on, though. Look at me. Men have a lot of eating disorders. We don't get to talk about it, though, do we? You think those bodybuilders don't have eating disorders when their biceps are the size of basketballs? That I is do love abnormal. That is an eating them. disorder. Do you do that? I get into deep old holes watching, uh, watching uh, big dudes eat. 
Have you ever Welcome seen to- the world's strongest man eat their <laughs> yes. calories? No, there's a there's actually a documentary. I think it's something Eddie, like powerful Eddie, strong Eddie. I think it's called Strong Eddie. And strong yes, they, Eddie. They show his meals, and honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. I was extremely jealous with the amount of food they get to eat. But, but the then thing they is, say it's he's awful. not happy. No, yeah. it's a curse. I know. Because it's, it dogs you and you deflate if you don't eat. But again, this is, this is from Sid Haig's account. I wanted to read it just so you could, you could hear from his, his mouth. Number one, I do not have cancer, AIDS, or any other deadly diseases. I have COPD because I had TB when I was a kid and it fucked up my lungs. Then I smoked for 40 years. But I've had the COPD for 25 plus years, so no change there. Two, I'm not super medicated. I'm super tired. For most appearances slash cons, I'm running on little to no sleep. Three, once and for all, I am not sick or dying anything. Four, I'll be around longer than you think. I got shit to do. I hope so. Welcome to Side Stories, everyone. I am Ben Gissel with Henry Zabrowski. Well, Mr. Hag, I hope you are around for a long, long time to come. And if you ever want to come on uh, and be interviewed for our Patreon series, if someone knows Sid out there, please have him contact us and we can clear this whole thing up. Because Sid Hag is healthy. I also, before we get to some stories here and before we talk about the wonderful little tour we were just on, I oh want to th- throw a congratulations out. We got a, uh, an email from Ryan, and I'm going to say the last name because I think this is really just a nice email. Ryan Hannigan, uh, he says, a good friend of mine's mother, Nancy, was diagnosed a while ago with lung cancer. She, was, uh, she has always been fascinated with serial killers, so he told her about the podcast. She listened to you guys during her chemo and my friend told me she uh, now really loves the show and we just found out yesterday that she is officially cancer free so hail nancy congratulations and um that is what we love to hear is people uh, going through the hardest times of their life and if we can spread just a little bit of joy with our little bit of joy we could just be a couple of horny santas in your mom's house it makes it all big slippery boys whispering (laughs) in your mother's ear as she's sitting in the hospital and she's just wondering what it would be like and how much money would it take right ben ben kissel's long lap Uh uh-huh wrapped up into hers i do love the idea of nancy in chemo just laughing hysterically and the nurse is like what's so funny and she's like richard chase just drank the blood out of this woman's womb and the nurse is just like more chemo ma'am yes oh yeah baby yeah no thank you thank you so much for listening henry i have a funny story for you from the airplane ride on the way home from uh, <laughs> where were we? From Portland. We had a great tour. So we I were- can, honestly, but then before again, we'll say we'll do a little bit more a fan service, guys. The tour couldn't have been better. We're having oh, yes. so much fun being out there. We can't come to. We can't fucking wait for Australia. We Cannot. can't wait for Sydney. It really does. In many ways, in a moment of pure. Genuineness, Kissel. Remember, I used to do a moment moment of vulnerability on the show. That no, you made me. Do, no, you made me do the moment of. vulnerability. And I was very vulnerable. Admitting you were not too vulnerable. hard, and I'm too you... responsible. And that I yes. am too. I think too much and too deeply. Mm-hmm. I need to take some time for myself. Yes, you did that self-aggrandizing. Like <laughs> this is my my biggest flaw is I'm too compassionate. It's like no, maybe sociopathy. Uh, but- 
Maybe, but I, uh, but that's what keeps me, actually, it's what keeps me healthy. My sociopathy is actually the shield that allows me to continue to be in show business. Isn't well, that fun? we drove from Vancouver to Seattle and from Seattle to Portland, and I'm fairly certain your sociopathy is what's going to get us all into a car wreck, and one of us is going to die like that dude from Metallica. Cliff Burton didn't wear his sleep belt while he was sleeping. Oh, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if you're supposed to. I don't know if that's true or not in a, in a tour bus. But no, sleep, I, I, I love that idea though. A sleep belt. But he was asleep when, yeah. when the thing happened. When the when the accident happened. But I had a Ford Explorer. I was completely invincible. So anybody want to try me or try us as a yeah. family? Except they would have for, to fucking come up against me. Except against for when you got into floor. a fight with the city bus that was quadruple our size, and you wouldn't let the bus get into our lane, and we started a fight, it and then we were was talk- just turning without even giving me warning. I was in its the blind spot. Was on. I was in its blind spot. It didn't see me, so it was coming while I was in the middle of the bus. This is. This is private talk. Okay. That's what okay. this is. This All is right. private talk. This well, that's what notes. side stories is for. A little it is private true. You're right. talk. Little you're right. Talk. You're right. And I, I'll kill anybody that tries to make us late for tour. Uh-huh. I'll fucking kill I know. Them. But I, I know. wanted to say, genuinely, it is so nice to meet all of you. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. On the road. And that's when I started this. Yes. It was supposed to be us to start screaming <laughs> at each other. It was that. I was trying to say yes. how much fun it is to be on tour yes. and meet everybody. And all y'all are, are insane in the funnest ways possible. Absolutely. And the, the, I, am, uh, I am a garbage person now. Oh, yes. This is both of us were like, should we even, can we even do the show today? We're a little raspier, <laughs> uh, but that's okay. It actually makes for a smooth jazz side oh, yeah. Smooth yeah, take jazz. Off, Here's take off your panties. I'm going to give you an exorcism. We're going to talk uh, about that in a second. Interesting. Um, so anyway, this is, speaking of kind of like crazy in the best way, we're on our Delta flight. Our, the flight attendant's name was Jewel. Now, unbeknownst to me, she was actually a listener. She was probably 65 to 70 years old, thin build, really pretty, but also one of those people that was like, she has a an aura about her. So mm-hmm. she was telling me about crazy. how she... You're talking about crazy. she's fucking insane. She was telling me <laughs> that she has seen multiple UFOs, and she has also personally confronted humanoids on the plane. She said that there was a dude in 11F who shut his eyes, and she said she could still see his eyeballs through That's his eyelids. Awesome. And then she's just telling me all of this. Turns out, she also told Marcus all of this, and she says that she can see it because she has the light of Jesus inside of her. And she also said... The Heaven's Gate is now open, so everyone's coming through, and she sees herself on the front. She sees herself on the front lines of the war against humanoids. It so was can like, I get you a ginger ale, big boy? Yeah, it can was, I get you something? Do you want some biscuit? Yeah, big bot. This is this is who's in our skies. Exactly. It was that's be, great. It would be a great conversation at a bar or a park bench, and it was a fun conversation in the in the sky. But at some point, I did realize this is the last line of defense in case of a water landing. Like this woman has to be there, but maybe she'd do a great job. I don't know. I will straight up say how brave of her to confront these humanoids because that's got to yeah. be very scary to do, especially if you can see their. Your eyelids are translucent. You're probably from Scotland. Oh, could be. You could be a hybrid, but I imagine you're just so white. You're just so you're so pale. We've seen some in our travels because I feel like in our world we see all the stripes of the rainbow flag of Goth. Oh, yes. We see all the types, like the one woman in the dress. 
and the meet and greet that I'm still kind of focused on. She was dressed sort of like little Bo Peep, and uh. she was really nice. But she said to me, you should go to a physical therapist because you're knock-kneed. Yes. And then I've been thinking about that, and um, unfortunately... Almost obsessed with it. Really? Um, that really got to you, I'm huh? Wondering. Well, it's because, like, am I knock kneed? Maybe it was. I feel like my knees are closer than they should be, but I don't know how you fix them without breaking them. And then you put them back into place the other way. And then won't that just make me. I feel uh, like the knock need is what allows me to not be knocked over ever by anybody. Yeah, could be. I mean, I don't even know if knock knees is a real thing. It sounds like it's up there with the mumps or the measles or like. Mumps I mean, or measles obviously are real. I know there's a real things. I'm saying like now real. Well, I guess the measles are making a comeback. You're talking about like crumps yeah. or like the weird things that people would get like the riggers yes. in, in the UK in the, in the 1800s. Those people get, oh, he's got poor lung. Oh, he's got a bit of it. He's got a bit of the cramp foot. Where it right. just it just means not having feet because he right. got bit off by a bunch of rats while you were sleeping. Well, or you remember when they talk about the relaxing strings that people would have where you would just sit they just sit on a rope all day and then maybe their fucking taint would get rope burns and they call oh, it like my. Oh, she's he's got the kiss of the grimmer. <laughs> right there, right on his passage. Because I think that back in the day, they oh called the they called the taint the passage. The passage, really? Mm. Well, I guess you're wiping wrong if that's the case. Um, <laughs> all right, I, I've learned this the hard way, not for my own experience. Are you wiping? You're not supposed to wipe from front to no. From we can back do whatever front. we want. We got the. But we I got still the don't shit on my balls. No, I know that. I'm just saying it's not going to cause a massive hepatitis outbreak or something. No, not I yet. I don't know what happens in there. Unless Maybe. someone's gargling your balls, right? If you got shit in your balls and someone's licking your balls, honestly, they're going to end up getting kind of sick. Yeah, buddy. I don't know. Well, thankfully, I don't need to worry about that. So it's all good. <laughs> um, yes. Awesome. I want to start with the story. Let okay. Start with the story. Let's start right. with the tale. I thought that this was interesting because my inner weeb did scream for this, but then they're immediately mad because people are comparing it to anime, but it shouldn't be. If it was normal, it wouldn't be. But we'll, we'll talk about it right now. Okay. So, woman stabs male acquaintance at Shinjuku residence. Tokyo, this week, May 24th, 2019 is when it happened. Okay. Tokyo Metropolitan Police on Thursday arrested a 21-year-old woman for allegedly stabbing a male acquaintance at her residence in Shinjuku Ward, reports Nikon Sports. At around 3.50 p.m., Yuka Takoaka of No Known Occupation, so she's just she's freewheeling. She is she's Living in the life. free space. She's Absolutely. Absolutely. Allegedly used a kitchen knife to stab a man aged in his twenties or thirties in the abdomen inside the fifth floor residence. Mm. The man was transported to a hospital where he remains in serious condition, which they showed pictures of on Twitter. If you look up which is the term that they're using, which is the Tokyo Yandere stabbing, oh, okay. Y-A-N-D-E-R-E stabbing. They uh, they showed pictures of her covered in blood on her phone next to a dude that looked pretty much dead, absolutely covered in blood with a bloody knife at her feet. So she was just going off. She stabbed this guy covered she in blood. She is mentally she's ill. Like, I better check Twitter. I better check Instagram. What's she doing on her phone? Her job was she wanted to kill him and then commit suicide. Tokiako has been accused of attempted murder, admits to the allegations, I too wanted to die. The suspect was quoted by police. Apparently, she was 
infatuated by this man in her apartment building and felt that he it was an unrequited love and somewhere deep within her they don't really know i've seen conflicting reports one said they did not know each other the other said that i've read in various comment sections was that they did know each other and they maybe dated for a period of time but she's being compared to what is now a trope in anime i think called a yandere okay. which is a uh, if you look at the uh, reaction to it a yandere is a a character within a anime that is a young Asian girl who uh, freaks out about somebody that they love, an unrequited love, and a lot of times will may, would might become, I may be wrong about this, but it might become homicidal, but it's become mm. a meme factory. Her picture of her with the cigarette in her fingers and on the phone has become a meme throughout uh, the, all on Twitter of this okay. yandere fetish. So are there's they, a lot of people that say they, that, uh, uh, that it's inappropriate to do that, but it is very interesting. Are they fetishizing, fetishizing, fetishizing this woman the same way that Rolling Stone did with Sharnov, putting him on the cover, he's lifting his shirt up ever so so you can see his bloodied little navel. Um, and all the girls were like, he's so hot for a terrorist. Are they fetishizing this woman? Is she becoming a sexual icon for a this movement? Bit. Interesting. A little bit. It's a, it is very, very interesting because it is a – people are saying it's, – it's very – to see how popular culture can end up in a weird way because I don't think it influenced her stabbing him. But it's oh, you definitely, don't think so? No. I think it definitely mirrors it. In a way that it seems to happen a lot in Japanese culture. I mean, it happens here as well, where people like, like James Holmes with uh, being obsessed with the Joker. People doing these these things where they identify with these things they read about, and then sort of like with Slenderman, like with Black Eyed Kids, an idea that began on the internet that then became real, and then now we are sort of dealing with the actual physical repercussions of Slenderman. That Slenderman is now in many ways real. Uh, it does the same thing. I, I I'm fascinated by this because it's very close to, I mean, you know, my again, my little weeb inside me goes yata. It's so excited about the uh, fact that anime is becoming real. I mean, I'm not necessarily sure about that. Most of the anime I've seen involves mass destruction, murder, serious yeah. sexual assaults. I'm not necessarily certain we need that future to be our future. As a matter of fact, Henry, we've you talked we were about talking this. about this we, on the car ride. We had a uh, nice talk about this, which I completely believe in. So this is actually interesting because obviously well, Henry and Marcus are more in the sci-fi world than I am. And right now we're sort of living in the version of sci-fi that is not necessarily utopian. It seems as if we're sliding closer into that dystopian realm. So evidently sci-fi authors are taking this upon themselves to alter the future in some ways. Certain people, like William Gibson, is a part of a group of sci-fi writers that are trying to write more positive sci-fi. Interesting. Because a part of what they believe, and I think is highly interesting, yeah. say what you will about the present state of our country, Sure, but on paper, we're, like, we're essentially in a social dystopia. We're heading towards transmet world if we can make it, right? Absolutely. But we have a cartoonish-like president 
with the fucking fake hair and all all of his whatever bullshit. I hate even. I'm not even making fun of him because it's so hacked. It's so but hacky. It's just yeah. the, but looking at like the idea of we've created a the a picture of what we used to see in the 80s and 90s in sci-fi. Right. Mm-hmm. We are now making it real, and a lot of sci-fi authors are starting to realize they need to take responsibility. And I think that that's a thing that we should talk about. About in the 50s and 60s. A lot of sci-fi was skyward, right? It was about right. the what technology will allow humans to do, all sort of fun imaginarium things about all like space flight and living in in all these like like living in multi-generational things, specifically Asimov's Foundation series, which is very interesting to read. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit more and more of that now. They're trying to come out like I read a book, Semiosis, recently by Sue Burke that was a positive sci-fi. So the 50s and 60s, a little bit more positive. We're going to the moon. Look at all the possibilities. And then in the 70s and 80s and 90s, is that when it sort of turned into more like, I think we're going to stay here and make sure to ruin it for everyone. Well, especially the 80s and the 90s, because they started really thinking that, because it was true, right? And I still believe it. I still think, unfortunately, utopian sci-fi is really fucking boring. Like, oh, the, sure. You know, I remember the the glass bead game on Herman Hess, all those things of but- just like people in white <laughs> frocks, like playing with colored balls, being like, wisdom is an acquired taste. Like playing their weird <laughs> chess games. Like it's all Star Trek. Well, you know, I was way more of a Star Wars person than a Star Trek person. Yeah, I like Star Trek, but it is interesting because I actually talked about this on Abe Lincoln's Top Hat this week. Go check out that episode. The Lockport School District here in upstate New York, I think we discussed this. They're introducing facial recognition into their schools. It was a $4.2 million project. So now students. Anyone that enters their school is going to be monitored and checked as if they're in the Chinese social credit system. So that is just a further indicator that we are going down the path of that dystopian hellscape that the future could be unless we change it now. We're just allowing it to be because it's subconsciously... We are working on the marching orders of the pop culture that our generation specifically was, because a lot of us were raised by televisions. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Because yeah. we were raised by televisions, those images are planted in our subconscious and we're right. sort of making them real. Where a lot of sci-fi authors, and I, it's not a lot, it was just this one group, specifically William Gibson was talking about it in a, in a talk I was listening to him do, about how like they need to create aspirational sci-fi so that the next generation has something to look forward to, and it's not just like retconning Batman, which I understand why we did, because again, utopian sci-fi sucks. Well, of course, <laughs> like, but utopian sci-fi... I like the fucking deadly robots. I like all the fucking aliens that we don't understand that are here to manipulate us. I love all that shit because that's what I like, but I don't necessarily need it to be my present Real. life. Well, exactly. It's the same way I think about, you know, like a good Broadway play. Let's just say Cats. I like it to be on the stage, but can you imagine if everyone in real life, if it was in real life, those cats, I would, there would be a war against those annoying, disgusting, singing felines. Like while you're trying to work. Trying Just, to sleep. I'm here trying to record the podcast. I'd go out there with a fucking shovel. You would have to. You would have but to. So some things are movie. best on the screen and the stage and not in reality. Have you read anything about the new Cats movie where they're just making their faces? I am so fucking excited. They're making them the size of cats. They're doing the whole movie where it's just Idris Elba. Idris Elba, Oscar-nominated actor, is going to have his 
face trunk onto a cat. Oh my that god! They are gonna then. I just can't okay. Wait. So what is that? So where does this fly? And where does this lie within the dystopian or utopian future world? Is this is this know. as dystopian as it comes? I this this know. strong. Man, who could have been 007, he could have been is anything. now having his face projected he was onto a cat. And, I mean, it's just, money. He's rolling in the money. money. He's, I mean, he's pooping in the kitty litter, rolling in the cash. He's doing just yeah. fine. Yeah. But so what, what happened? So let's actually just talk about this for a second. For those that don't know, because how did this, this is why Hollywood, the fact that Hollywood has any say. And what artists actually do is pathetic <laughs> because, you know, this this concept was created in a boardroom by yes. a bunch of jackasses. Yes. So they are taking cats. They are going to be real cats with the faces of these celebrities. But they were excited about it because they thought that this is a way to pitch it. And they also think that How? kids like small things. Right. Dude, kids are going to have nightmares. It's going to be hor- horrendous. It's going to be the scariest children's show ever. It's going to be kids scar- are not going to watch it. No, That's they're not. You know who's going to watch it? Weird old people. Cats is not good. I know. I don't know why it's been around for so long, but then again. Because it's we're... got a couple good songs. Yes, and we're not necessarily a culture that always celebrates the best of the best because sometimes to hit the sweet spot, you got to be kind of average. Um, well, the best part, what I like about the Cats musical was that I liked the makeup. Of I course. I liked the costumes. Uh-huh. When I watched, I saw Cats I know. on Broadway. I know I you went, did. And we saw, I saw it on Broadway with my mother. And she was like, oh, the spectacle. <laughs> Can you believe the spectacle? Look at that. It's like, oh, look at the, oh, the showmanship. I know. And I know what that is. That's what was fun about the show. I, well, your the, mother's reaction to it. She, but also, she's correct. Uh, it's yes. the costumes. It is. So you just CGI them onto a bunch of cats. It's like, what is this, a fucking Purina commercial? I don't know. It's definitely going to be disturbing. By the way... You know, we don't we don't have a lot of requests here for things we necessarily want to accomplish in the future. We have a little thing. We have a little list in the back of our minds. But one thing we want to do with last podcast l- on the left is Good, uh, thank you. I'm so glad you remember <laughs> the name is, of this thing that we honestly, do. Honestly, my brain is just. Am I still in the sky talking to that woman who believes in humanoids? <laughs> Man, I feel safe. Um, last bad, uh, last podcast on the left. We want to go to Broadway. So if you know we anyone really in the in the Broadway game, reach out. We're gonna create something really awesome. Because you know what they'll do on Broadway? They'll take us because we'll sell the seats. We'll sell. That's the, seats. the only thing that matters. I want to do last podcast on the left. Live on Broadway. Yep. We, I want to be there. I want to be next to him. I want them to have to see that we are also there. Oh, absolutely. And mark my words, if that if Donnie, they're living in the Oval uh, office, when he's all done, if he wants to do a Broadway pro, a play. Oh, they'd fucking Broadway roll over on their backs for they him. would. Yes, they would love it. So anyway, I want to talk about this one thing here. And we didn't talk about this before the show, but I was reading this last night. Uh, River Phoenix, of course, he was an icon, Henry. Sure. You know, did you know that he was I thought in he the, was a good actor. Oh, he was great. But did you know that he was in the uh, Children of God cult? Yes. I did not know that. I think we talked about it on the episodes. I uh, Did we really? Those Maybe. Many, Lightly. Many, it all blurs. It, this is like so many years. When was Children of God? When did we do that? Three years ago? 2016, yeah. Oh, my God. We've been doing this. Yeah, buddy. We've been doing this for, we've been doing this for nine years, man. 
But anyway, so this is just according to a recent article. They say years before he became the acclaimed child actor, River Phoenix spent several years in the religious cult, and those close to him say that he carried the trauma for the rest of his life. Phoenix's parents, John and Arlene, joined the Children of God cult when he was just three. So does this mean Joaquin is also a member of the Children of God cult? That's a good question. I don't know. Because Phoenix's friend Joshua Greenbaum says um, they wanted to make a good life for their kids. That wasn't the typical white picket fence kind of life. Although, I yeah, will so say- you let them be trained how to fuck by their mommies. That was the whole thing. Is that <laughs> yeah. it was supposed to your mommy and your mommy's friends are supposed to suck your dick as a little boy to they'll teach you how to be hard right. for you, the future. If you don't want the typical white picket fence. I don't know, move to Brooklyn or go to Brooklyn or Los Angeles or go Go, any any place, anywhere. Go live on a farm. I mean, the white picket fence life is just one possible option in a series of other options when it comes to housing. Um, So to raise money for the cult, the Phoenix family traveled and often busked on uh, the street for money. They moved around constantly until landing in California where the family launched the entertainment careers of River, Joaquin, Rain, Summer and Liberty, and I do have to say, those names are a little controversial. I think the parents were kind of running out of options towards the end. He starred in 24 movies, and uh, he is uh, obviously a forever star. But as his star rose, he rarely spoke about the time in The Children of God. In 1991, he told Details Magazine that he lost his virginity. This is disgusting. He said he lost his virginity, a.k.a. was raped, at the age of Four, but he did oh. not elaborate. He said he blocked it all out. Oh. Um, he goes on to say on October 31st, and I 19- wonder why he ended up dying the way he did. Well, that's what uh, that's what his buddy Green. This is all coming out because his buddy Greenbaum is talking a little bit. So he says oh, it was yeah. not a healthy situation. He says you can't go through that trauma at such a young age and not have it be affected for the rest of your life. So I just hadn't realized. Uh, the extent that River Phoenix was um, was in the Children of God cult. And yeah, I mean, it seems as if that probably played a large role in his drug addiction. And it does it make must your have. heart break a little bit, doesn't it? Well, because obviously you, you, get, uh, you get any sense of agency taken from you yeah. as a kid. You don't know what love is either because Ugh. that's also been switched for you. And it is, uh, yeah, it's fucking brutal. And then, you become, and then you become a mega superstar and everybody loves you. That must have been such a mind fuck for that poor boy. Of course, um, because then you just enter into straight up the fucking, it's just the fakest world in the world like absolutely it's, uh, coming into show business the love you get from show business is so fake Ugh. the love you baby stuff is the stuff that comes out you know, because you're making the money exactly and you don't at first at some point you're like oh it's love it's love right i'm here they're doing it but it, it, as soon as you stop making the money uh-huh. it's gone so at absolutely. least he didn't get to experience i mean unfortunately he didn't get to experience that he didn't get to experience the, the downslide either once you're not hot anymore and then you're abandoned because right. nobody cares because they don't have any emotions because well, agents are uh, they are lizards. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, it, you know, obviously this is going to be entirely up to him. I don't think he's going to be swayed, uh, persuaded by two chubby redheads over here on this podcast. But I would love to hear Joaquin talk about that because I just didn't realize how close that family was uh, to these disgusting people. And uh, what a strange, like, to go from being molested at four to... Then, then to be like, and now you're on TV. Like, yeah, wh- how does your brain handle 
either of those, let alone those two things happenly, uh, happening concurrently. It is you go crazy absolutely. for a while. Look at Joaquin Phoenix when he went through his like long beard face. When he what was it called? This is me or that was me? I'm not. I, I believe it's called I'm not here with Bennett, I'm not with here. Right? Casey Affleck and Casey Affleck ended up uh, but going that was actually, bankrupt and whatever. He, I'm still here. He was trying. I'm still here for something. He was trying for something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. it was, it just didn't, it just didn't do. The thing. No, he went a little method acting with it, but nowadays it's weird. Method acting, I think has sort of taken a hit by the fact that everyone views themselves as an actor in their own play. Well, now it's just every actor is also a brand, right? So you can't right. even just be an actor anymore. Now you're, you are, you have your social media bullshit. Right. You got to do fucking look at Jack Black. He's got his YouTube series, which honestly I really do enjoy. But oh, he like great. plays video games. He's like now everybody's got a diversified. It's so many freaking different ways. So you can't just be you can't be Abraham Lincoln for eight months. You can only do that if you're Daniel Day Lewis. Right. Everybody right, else right. is that you gotta be handling your other shit. Yeah, as or well. as, as Jim Carrey was Andy Kaufman during the filming of Man on the Moon, which really annoyed Jerry Lawler because what Jim Carrey didn't realize was that J- uh, Jerry and uh, and Andy were actually very close friends. They were actually friends, and, and it, it was, was all game to them. It was all kayfabe. The whole thing was kayfabe. But Jim, like, he was like, he must have been mean to Jerry off the screen too. And he's like, no, they actually like got together and hopefully they were performers. The thing is, wouldn't it be fun? So Andy Kaufman, obviously, where we both love him because he was the first one. If the people who do Andy Kaufman now, I'm like, my eyes are bleeding. Of but course, he, he was the first one. But how much fun would it have been to truly party with Tony Clifton? Oh my God, to be there with, the, be in a room <laughs> yeah. with him, Just, I would have given anything, even the two of them, because now Tony Clifton is around still. Of course, Bob Zamuda does yeah. it, and then yeah. Bob Zamuda then has somebody else do it too, so that Bob could be in his face places. But then you find out Bob Zamuda is actually the troll personality. That Andy Kaufman was way more of a. He really was a song and dance man, which is what he yeah. calls himself, right? So he, the two of them. Would kind of play off each other. I think Bob Zamuda would kind of bring the worst out of Andy Kaufman. Oh, I and think they, so. But they liked it. They oh, liked it. They liked yeah. that fucking part because it was like just two conniving little boys, essentially. <laughs> but Tony Clifton, man, that would have been a fucking blast. Speaking of kayfabe, the Andy Kaufman book written by Bob Zamuda, I think it's full of it. Yes. Um, but it is so fun to read. If you get a chance to check that out, you'll read it in two hours. All the lies are great. But I mean, I do think, but you don't think Andy was actually the one who was slamming, because he was a vegan and all that stuff. And uh, you don't think he was the one eating all the steaks and like slamming, because they said when he was Tony Clifton, he could literally drink a bottle of whiskey. Yeah, I'm certain he did. Okay. Oh, I'm certain he did. Or then, or those are the times when it was Samuda. And he would do it on purpose. Or, but Andy Kaufman was just a fucking, he knew what the bit was. So I'm certain he did it. I'm certain that he would do it. And then he would be like sick afterwards. Oh, I'm sure. Like essentially he would just be sick. But uh, yeah, I'm certain. That would be a a, a man. But but that's the best part is that the the gray area is what's so beautiful. And that he truly pulled it off. And it's very difficult to do now. Mm -hmm. Because you see a little bit, I've seen some people try to go full Andy Kaufman and they try to play some character and and just chews you up and spits you out because there's too many eyeballs now. You can't keep up the game. No, you can't. can't. And if you do, you're just cruising for a bruising. We've seen that a couple. I've seen that. I've had friends do that. Um, I want to show this show. All right. I want to show this this story. It's disgusting. Okay. Longtime Linden minister used oral sex and exorcism ritual, men claim. <sighs> a Presbyterian minister said he was following the Bible, used Native American exorcism rituals, and even oral sex to extract quote-unquote 
evil spirits from men undergoing crises in their lives, the church and men claim. The so-called healing acts, which date to 1999, were allegedly performed by the Reverend Dr. William Weaver, a reverend and a doctor. Oh, okay. Um, a prominent Presbyterian minister who served as pastor at Linden Presbyterian Church for 39 years. They were supposed to, it was just supposed to be 69 years old. Okay. They were just supposed to schedule a, it was only supposed to be an internal church trial, right? Which okay. these people came forward with these claims and they were just going to fire him. If he ended up being, which was the charges were multiple acts of idolatry and sexual misconduct because he would give people gems and tell them they would help them with uh, a, a basically fight evil spirits. Okay, now we're, so this was grown men that were oh, yeah. being victims here, not children? Oh, yeah. This is, these are uh, full-on grown men. So what they would do here— But, that seems, is, but I mean, doesn't that show the power— of the cult-like mentality, because obviously, we just, as we just talked about with Children of God, it was usually kids that were molested and raped, but here, these grown men? You just get slowly pulled in. So you see here, this guy, A.J. Meeker, one of the men claiming to have been sexually abused by Weaver. Again, all of this is acclaimed sexual predator. We don't know yet if he is. He's not been proven guilty in a court of law. So Meeker, he's 37, when he was 20... He began seeing Weaver as a counselor, right? Mm. So he would say, basically, according to him, he said, I've dealt with abandonment issues, depression, and anxiety that this has caused, right? And so he was he was dealing with all of this shit, um, and he had this favorite uh, Bible verse that he used to say that was, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stain against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. But after you've done everything, stand. Right? This, is all, so this, this is is whole thing. thing is happening in New Jersey? So, what they were starting to do every Wednesday, this is in Jersey. Every meeting with Weaver began the same way, Meeker said. The minister told him to undress completely and lie on the bed. Then he placed an angel coin, a coin with an angel or saint printed on it for use for praying, on Meeker's forehead. Then he wrapped a magnetic strip around his head to keep it in place. Oh my. Weaver then would place a series of stones on both of Meeker's feet, his hands on the left side and right side of his chest. I was told that for him to get everything out of me, I needed to lay completely still to not move the stones on my feet so he would keep them in position. Uh-oh. Right? He would then take out the feather and scan my body from my neck to my stomach. What? Weaver, who looks like the old man from the Six Flags cartoons. Oh, my. Then the open Six Flags commercials. The right. Old man, the beep, bada, bada, bada. Yeah, Weaver yeah, yeah. then opened Meeker's mouth, placed his own mouth on top of Meeker's, and moved his tongue around to see if I have anything in my mouth. That's then the interaction a... became sexual, with Reaver engaging in oral sex. He would then ingest my ejaculate and would spit up multiple pieces of plastic or metal into a Ziploc bag to see, see here, this is, I got, these are the hits. He called them spirit hits. Uh-huh. I got them. And then he asked Weaver about the necessity of the oral part of the ritual. And then he said, do you do this on women? And Weaver said, well, everything would come out of the woman's navel. And every 30 days, their cycle would clear them out. 
Oh, I see. It makes all the sense in the world. That's actually very similar to what the doctors did to cure uh, Andy Kaufman's cancer as well. They do the little trick, pull out a bunch of chicken yes. guts, and they're like, we got it. But that's not the way it works. There's a much longer story attached to this, so you should probably check it out if you want to be disgusted. But it basically, now they're trying to get him in jail. They are okay, trying to prosecute But now him. we have a situation here. This is going to be interesting. So everyone is over 18. What is, I you're being manipulated. You're being yeah. Can have a if, if you're a lawyer or just someone who knows about this, email us uh, side stories lpotl at gmail.com. What is so it, it goes so far in the manipulation, and he has such a power position in the minds of these people that he has full control over this scenario, even though yes, these people are doing it willingly, but it's still unwillingly. It is, it is always unwillingly because it's coming from somebody who's got a lot more power over you, especially psychologically. These people mm. have total control. You could have done whatever you wanted. He went in there basically saying, show me how I can feel better. And he said, this is how you feel better. This is how you feel better. The, the guy didn't walk in there and be like, "Could you? Su- I've heard if you suck it. I heard you suck at my dick would be great. Yeah, yeah that'd be a different story because then the priest right. would be scared. Right, 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 right. We um, also got reached out to by the director of that uh, Uncle Eddie documentary yeah it's got some interesting we're gonna do a talk with this pro, we're gonna do a talk with mark uh on patreon so we can get the full deals but some of the stuff that he brings up is this i mean he said Ugh. google pennsylvania pedophile mafia which sounds like a great saturday oh my i don't know what's going on between we're, boys town in ohio and what's happening in pennsylvania the, with the uh, priest scandal there's something in those Midwest, uh, Eastern states that are... You know I don't like dipping a toe into it too much. You know no. I, I, I don't do it too much anymore, but... No, I'm not talking about um, molesting. I know that. I'm talking about the theory of that this is the secret government, that literally this is the secret-keeping arm of the secret government, and I really do believe that there is a massive pedophile problem deeply embedded within our political system. Well, there is and, a- and the church and the police and all this shit, and they all watch each other's back, and these are the type of people that do this shit. It's been going on since fucking the first Illuminati meeting in the, fu- in the Bavarian Illuminati, literally, in 1776. This shit is just... <clears throat> it is just... Built into government. Yeah, well, it's not really a conspiracy. That is absolutely true. There is a child sex pipeline. Um, Without a doubt, the underground black economy is uh, really disgusting when it comes to child sexual slavery. Um, You're right. right. Well, let's talk about, well, this is actually a perfect segue to this little email. Speaking of the underground, uh, just sort of child sex trade, obviously, oftentimes these kids come from broken homes. They go into these places seeking refuge and help and uh, and seeking um, parental type uh, advice and guidance. Jerry Sandusky, look no further than Jerry Sandusky for the worst of the worst when it comes to exploiting these poor children. We got an email. So this is coming in from, I'll just call her E. Um, She says she has a couple of friends who are corrections officers over at the Laurel Highlands State Prison. And of course, she asked them about Sandusky. That's where he's staying. And so they watch over him. She says, uh, basically, he's in an isolated area, no contact to other inmates, showers privately, and apparently looks like he's aged about 100 years since he's been incarcerated. Even the COs don't really interact with him, so he's basically left in total isolation with even small conversations being a rare thing. So uh, he's not getting sexually assaulted, 
however, he is also lonely, miserable, and uh, and doing horribly. So there you go. A little update on what his life is like in prison, solitary confinement, it sounds like, 24-7. I mean, honestly, he is buried alive. He's just yeah. going to wait to die. But what he did... It's, uh, He's very know. lucky he gets to be isolated. He's very fucking lucky. Yeah. Um, a couple other updates. Number one, I actually got an update from someone who owns a cleaning service that said well, last week when we said the, the, the last official side story, yes. we said that people break into your house and they can clean your home. The guy that cleaned the person's homes and left the toilet paper rose. Yes. Two updates on that. One, yep. a, clean, a lady who owns a cleaning service said they've had, she's had her... Her people, her cleaning people, accidentally cleaned the wrong house before. She That's said it, it has happened. Really? She said it, yes, she says it has happened, which I think is very interesting. And then I got this other email from uh, from a J. They said I was a public defender for several years, and one mm-hmm. let you know that toilet paper roses are a fine art of the California state prison system. <laughs> I love it. I once did a trial of longtime felon, and during jury deliberations, he created an entire bouquet of TP roses for me, which is uh, that's very interesting because I was found inside of that home. Exactly, exactly. So maybe it was someone, perhaps a former prisoner who was just trying to do the best job possible. They just got hired as a cleaning person, accidentally uh, committed, <laughs> accidentally broke into a home and cleaned it. And, uh, you know, that would just be the worst if this person really was trying to rehabilitate and they accidentally ended up breaking and entering. And they'd be like, I was just trying to clean. I, I was am trying reformed. to bring beauty to the world. Who knows? But hmm. yes, very interesting. Okay. And I want to read this one letter from H. Okay. I want to read this because th- let's get creepy for a second. This oh, this is, is this the is this creepy. is the haunted one. Yeah, this is, this is a, creepy. Honestly, these are the kind of letters we absolutely love. And they're nice and short. Keep it concise so we can just kind of blurb it out. Uh, but this is awesome. I grew up in Houston, Texas. In 2005, Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans. But before that, it was supposed to level the suburbs of Houston I lived in. For a year beforehand, I'd been dealing with what my parents referred to as flukes. I used to sleep in the dark until one night I woke up with a seven-foot-tall black figure in the corner of my room. It's Ben Kissel. No, it's not. It is not. I'm not there. I was paralyzed with fear and believed myself to be the victim of hypnagogic hallucination until I experienced several other paranormal experiences in my childhood home, such as a light bulb in my lamp exploding, Mm. my radio playing itself at will, including changes in volume, and foul smells emanating from my room. I've seen all of this inside of Ben Kissel's hotel room. What is going on with you? When Hurricane Katrina was supposed to level our home, I was grateful to go to my Aunt Billy's house in San Antonio. I was up late at night on the phone with a friend when I decided to get a drink from the fridge. On my way back, I walked through the dark hallway and walked smack dab into my Aunt Billy, or so I thought. When I walked into her, quote-unquote, it felt like two positively charged batteries were meeting. It felt like hitting a brick wall and then being repelled off of it. After I stepped back and realized what happened, the thing shrank back into a sphere— it bounced off the floor, hit the ceiling, and then disappeared. Ooh. After this, I was mortified. I was sent home from school for exhaustion. I suffered from hallucinations due to lack of sleep and have continued, even as an adult, to sleep with the lights on. Even after performing a ceremony that dispelled the entity from entering my life again, I have no idea what entered my life for that year and a half. And the name of this email was, It Follows Real Life. Whoa! Thank you for that email. My God. Very creepy. 
Um, those are the real life experiences we love to hear about here on love this Side shit. Stories. I love this shit. I also got a really good email about the dream I had about Marcus. Yes, this was a great synopsis of your dream. Might as well just close out email corner with that because uh, for those that don't recall, Henry had a dream about Marcus where Marcus started to seizure and then all of a sudden a little pinkish man came out of his mouth. And so the dream synopsis actually came back from a listener. And I think they might be on to something yeah this is pretty sweet this comes from a dude he uh he runs a podcast called knowing my nightmares there's a couple of these that also a uh, still sleeping podcast which is a lot of dream interpretation podcasts oh, i didn't okay. know how many there would be i didn't know that either so basically my dream of being at work and seeing marcus seizing a little pink man from his mouth from his mouth is a sign from your subconscious that you're working too hard and that you're also aware of how hard marcus is working mm. his seizure shows that you've noticed he's under a lot of stress the little pink man is just some fucked up manifestation of the information Marcus is producing. Love so that's it. That's one, right? Yeah. And he said, let's call little man Radamanthus. Rad for short. <laughs> I know. Now, is there any reason no, to call I don't know. It's okay. just fun. It's fun. All right. This is very interesting. He said, the dream, it makes sense. It was at work. He said, it makes sense because you accidentally had a day off, as you had stated. And to dream that you're at work indicates that you're experiencing some anxiety about a current project or task. It's just called work. We're yeah, just constantly just- <laughs> under pressure. <laughs> yeah. Your dream may also be telling you that you need to get back to work, yes. which is true. Honestly. Next, you saw Marcus seizing, and then he spits up a little man. To dream about your best friend means that you need to foster acknowledge some special quality that your best friend has, He does which I a, do. Of course. He is very special. He is very special. You say that he feel like I noticed that he's having trouble with stress. I don't know. You know, maybe. Maybe. Right? And as for the little pink man, it could be a manifestation of information coming from Marcus. And because it's small, he could be feeling self-conscious about the information he's providing. But I won't say that. I don't know what Marcus is thinking. No, I don't think so. But that is wonderful. Thank you so much for that. And um, I know a lot of people yeah. say the pink man, according to Still Sleeping Podcast, they say that the pink man represents an ectoplasm or a representation of the soul. Oh. Um, this, this is a true. They believe that it may be conver- it may be things of uh, bits of truth that I am not willing to understand, which is wow. why I'm also laughing at it, which I think is very, very interesting. There was also a, another interpretation that was almost too spot on for me to read. All right, there it is. I cannot <laughs> tell you how many times I have dreams that are just dreamlike enough, but it feels like I am at work. We're just Isn't that at work. weird. Because I mean, we just do this. This is our whole lives. So yes, it's hard to, it's hard for the brain to just be like, "What aren't you doing right now?" Exactly. What are uh, What are you supposed to be doing? Well, let's do hero of the week. It's the hero of the week. All right, this week's hero. I don't think we've had a hero like this of the reptilian kind. Oh. It's about. It go, we're going to Gainesville, Florida. Um, by the way, are we? When are we going to Florida, Henry? Don't we have to go it to Florida is, at some point here in the near future? It's on the fucking docket. Yes, it is, guys, we, we are coming to Florida. Absolutely, it must happen. We love you all out there. So, in Gainesville, Florida, a hungry alligator crashed a picnic date by a Florida lake and gobbled down a bunch of their food. Taylor Forte had planned a picnic Thursday for her fiance Trevor Walters at Lake Alice before Walters was going to leave for the Marines, which is very sad that this is kind of ruined by this alligator, but also it's a good story. So what happened was this alligator strolls up just like a drunk Ben Kissel, just be like, y'all having a picnic, huh? 
That's a real interesting <laughs> idea. Eating outside, yeah, I mean, is honestly, that right? That's yum, 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 my tum tum. So the animal sprinted onto the beach. First, it ate a block of cheese. Then it had some salami. Then it had a half a watermelon. Then it ate a pound of grapes, eating just like a real Roman king. Um, and then the worst oh, yeah, part, dude. the worst part, according to Trevor Walters, was. Watching the gator consume a big bowl of guacamole. He said the <laughs> reptile devoured the whole bowl, and the man wanted to scare the gator away, so he made himself look bigger, spreading his arms and making noises. The gator crawled back into the water. So that is the hero of the week, because I love the idea of a gator just being like, mm, oh, yes, avocado bread. I hope these tariffs don't go through. I love avocado. Honestly, yeah. I mean, the description of the picnic makes me very hungry. Yes. I mean, this was romantic. You got cheese. You got salami. You got grapes. You got watermelon. And you got guacamole. Oh, they were going to have sex after this. Yes. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Little pink. I just I miss my little man. Your little pink little man. You want to dream about him some more? I miss my little man. Well, we can get you one. Remember when you used to go to the old uh turn the dial, put a quarter in, turn a dial and get a toy machines. Yeah, um, I remember those, man. Vending machines, I think they yeah, may be called. Yeah, I, I guess that's um, what it's They called. had the little Remember the little pink guys you could get the little fighters that were blue the stretchy and guys. Yeah, sometimes they were stretchy. I used to put them on my penis. So are Is we that bad? Like, no, it's not bad. <laughs> I, it's fine. You I did that just, to your... But then everyone else... You never else has, did that? You remember the gooey hands? No, I I'm not one, talking about gooey hands. But, but I, I guess... But the ones that stick to the wall. Yes, I never put those on my penis. No, because they got filthy. Those became the street. As soon as you swapped it on anything, it just took all of the dust and all of the grime. Those got so nasty so fast. And the fact that you would put that... Near Not all the time. Near your I area. Try, I seem to remember is, specifically, I'd go for when it was new. I would freaking hope so, Henry, because unless you wanted to hump the pavement like someone was doing in a live leak video I watched last night for no freaking reason. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, you're just researching. Well, I was you're looking actually for I was looking for side story or I was looking for last stream on the left videos, and there was just one video of this man with his pants down violently humping the sidewalk and then the guy was like what are you doing and he pulled up his pants and he had a huge erection but he was mentally uh just in he was not all there so I, what it's like, yeah it wasn't so no much way. like that's funny it was more like man that guy needs to go get on meds again that guy needs a vacation from his vacation. I guess so. He was he was violently humping the concrete with just bare dick, and I don't even want to know the road rash uh, that must have occurred on that man's genitalia. Hey man, but I've been a lonely man. Yeah, you ever hump the sidewalk? You ever do that? You're humping gravel now. I need it to be soft. Yeah, I should hope so. <laughs> I need it. If to you be go soft. anything anything harder than dirt, you're you're really asking. You're cruising for a bruising on that one. Yeah, it's just, it's, you know, it's like the people who have sex with railroad stations, which we talked about last week a little yes. bit. We're just being like, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't you know? know. We're only bringing you the most important information. <laughs> is, it's it's just the most important story. show on the internet. This is it. This the is most it. important news. We're keeping you up to date. Keeping Everybody up, loves yeah. to be. I mean, we just, we're a crucial. It's us and Pod Save America yep. saving people, man. Absolutely. Those three brave white men on Pod Save America, uh. I'm certain that people love their perfect hair and that i th i thought i saw some of them wearing moccasins i don't know man Those and they guys really are... needed not they needed not they need better shoes 
I don't criticize anybody's shows. Good for them for doing the art, but I'm going to say Abel against Top Hat is better. I'm just going to say yeah. it. I've listened to it um, yeah. because it's a little bit like they're not. Uh, they kind of forgot how the people think there because they were like, "We're in the White House and we know all these powerful people." And I'm like, I don't care because I know those same people. They all. I've seen, they don't care I, about I you. Have seen, they don't care about you. They really don't. Not no, the they don't care. But the senators, all the people, those no. rich people they hang out with, they do not care about you. They don't care. And once you hear Bill O'Reilly taking a dump next to you, it really does change your perspective. It really does. You had does. a chance to get him, Kessel. I you I, had a chance and you I blew sh- it. I should have tapped my toe. You should have because the key to really get getting him, it's really not about hurting him. It's about reaching other and grabbing his ankles and being like, <laughs> "This is to show you what can happen." As that anybody can do this to you. Just so you know, you're vulnerable. Oh, God. Um, all right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. Also, uh, obviously, uh, Henry's got the triple L's. We got a couple of new shirts out there on lastpodcastmerch.com. So check those out. Bones in the chocolate and a live, laugh, love shirt. And uh, we have some cool news coming. Marcus is working on his rest. Uh, Marcus is working on his music podcast. I'm working on a wrestling podcast that should be out soon. We're just figuring out. We got to get, you know, it is funny because initially I was like, we could start tomorrow. And then it sets in. He's like, you need an intro. You need. We have like, many we, things. <laughs> you have to do. We need contracts. We it's like, oh, that's right. We're not just, uh, you know, just willy nilly here. So, but that's no, we are real really, soon. really excited. We have many. We have a couple new shows coming out. We're really, really excited to start adding to the network. We want people. People to like, and I, I, you know, hopefully you like our shit. Hopefully you like our yeah. content. Yeah, I mean, it's just gonna be us. So if you like, if you like us at our side stories, if you, I don't know what people say. What? Whatever, I don't. If what? you don't like me at my side stories, then you won't deserve me at my. Re- I, I don't know, Henry. It's okay, man. It's okay. We, it's I just okay. We did with, our best today. Thank you. We did just, our best. I'm still psyched out by the stewardess that I saw who was telling me how she knows humanoids and she sees UFOs everywhere. She's the first person I've heard make sense this week. (laughs) I'll say that. Jewel, she flies for Delta. She is incredible. I want her flights every time. Give her a promotion. She truly was. She was actually absolutely wonderful. Yeah, she got her eye on the ball, man. I was so exhausted, Henry. This is going to surprise you. So tired. I just had two coffees on the flight and slept. Wow. I didn't have, Good for I, you. I always do my little drinks because sometimes I get a little nervous for flying. And I'm just like, you know what? My sleep, I'm so tired, I can't even be nervous. Lord, take the wheel. That's what you got to say. Lord, take the wheel. Um, all right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Triple L, baby. Uh-oh. You got to. Got to. Are you going to say it? That's what I did. I did triple L. But I think you That's have to That's what I got say, for today. You, you're not going to say live, say, laugh, love. Do I have to do this? Live. Live, live, live every day like it's like it's a like, one day uh, to live. Like you got you got you. It is one day to live. You're right. See, yep. sometimes it takes two people, and that's what love is. Love two is people. two people getting through the wrap out of a show, <laughs> just desperately getting through the wrap out of a show, <laughs> and laughing. Right. Laughing is the is the is the ah. It's that's- like barking <laughs> for people. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, all right, everyone. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in Australia very soon. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Magustalations. See you, dirty fucking bitches. Well, no, no need to end like that. I love my dirty bitches. Of course, we love all of our pa- uh, all of our fans and listeners. 
Hey, what's up, everyone? I am Ben Kissel, and I'm with Marcus Parks. Hi, Ben. We're going to talk to you a little bit about Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. It's the political show that Marcus and I do. It's a lot of fun. If you want to get up to date on the weekly news of politics, uh, check out the show. Uh, you know, I, I think you'll like it. I think you'll like I it. Think We're reasonable. Like it. We're reasonable yeah. people. We're fine people. We're fine people. <laughs> um, so that's good. So check it out, because there is a lot to unpack, and hopefully it helps you get through your week. So hail yourselves, everyone. Thanks for listening. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Save big money on everything for your spring projects at Menards. We have all of your garden and landscaping essentials. Master Garden Premium Garden Soil contains a slow-release fertilizer that feeds gardens for up to nine months. It produces better results and is ready to use for all your gardening needs. Save big on Menards' great selection of garden and landscaping products. Compare brands in-store or online at Menards.com. Save big money at The Summerberry Starbucks Refreshers Beverage is here. The can't-get-enough-of-it drink of the summer. A mix of berry flavors, raspberry-flavored pearls, vibrant, ice-cold, delicious. Here for summer. Order on the app.